Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the River Heights Buzz Podcast. This is episode 106. We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. This week, we are talking about ghost story number five, The Curse of the Frog. Yep. And I think this is the weirdest one <laughs> out of all of them. Well, you've read the next one, right? Greenhouse Ghost? Yes. Okay, I haven't. Um, so, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that, yeah, this is the weirdest one. Um, and I will preface it by saying this. Um, I'm not sure when this story was written, but there are references to um, gypsies. And I don't want to be uh, culturally insensitive. But when we say that, we're just discussing how the book was written. So just wanted to go ahead and get that out there. So, yeah. I do not have a description for this book. Other than there's a lot of frog talk. There's a whole lot of frog talk. You're right. I'm like, I do not have a problem with frogs. Just saying. But uh, I do not want to hear any more about frogs for a while. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Same. All right. There's well, no no news really other okay. than we have an interview. You were not with me for that interview, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Candace has a sad face. I'm pouting. Uh, <laughs> I I got the chance to interview director and producer Amanda Rowe. She was part of the Nancy Drew show. Mm-hmm. And she directed the finale. Oh, my God. Stay tuned for that one. It's coming out very soon. Not after this episode. Just have to wait a few days. Yeah. <laughs> but enjoy, everyone, for that. <laughs> I think if there's no other news, can jump in. I don't think there's anything else. No. Okay. Well, let's go talking about frogs. Alrighty. So, this story opens up with uh, Nancy at like a tea shop with this girl that she knows that apparently is a gypsy named Mary Lukish. I assume that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. That's how I was reading it in my head. And uh, Mary wants Nancy's help to expose um, this fortune teller named Madame Zerga. And apparently this woman is a fraud. And she thinks that if Nancy doesn't help her expose this woman, that she's going to give all the gypsies a bad reputation with the police. Which makes me think, how many gypsies are there in River Heights? It must be like a whole group, I would think. I mean, and once again, River Heights has a fortune teller. Like, what does River Heights not have? Literally. Seriously. They have, apparently, fortune tellers, rug, a rug shop, mm-hmm. yeah, museum, uh-huh. um, castles. Like an opera house opera house like all kinds of stuff yeah which i mean you know okay 
I'll go with it, whatever you say. We find out from Mary that her group of gypsies tried to get Madame Zerga to stop doing what she was doing, but she apparently threatened them with something called the frog curse. She apparently has this weird frog that has some kind of powers and the gypsies think that it's possessed. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, I don't know where this is going to go. Like, <laughs> It's starting out so strange that I was, I mean, I was invested in the story because I literally had no idea how it was going to turn out. Yeah. Very confused. Uh, Madame Zerga was apparently a part of a different group of gypsies than Mary was. And she had, like I said, opened a fortune-telling parlor in River Heights recently. Um, Nancy apparently was familiar with some fortune-tellers and other places that would trick people in order to get money. Um, Mary's group thinks that uh, Madame Zerga's frog is a demon sent by the devil because no one knows how to tame such a creature. Again, that was so weird to read. But okay. <laughs> so so weird so Nancy spent a little more time with Mary and then decided to leave and it was still early enough in the day that she decided she could go past this fortune telling parlor and see what was going on so Nancy gets there and she walks in the shop and realizes that there's not a lot of like furniture in there it's pretty bare but there's a painting on the wall that looks kind of weird and she realizes that the eyes are cut out and that this fortune teller is probably watching from another room. This part reminds me of so many of the games, you know, where we can peek out from behind the walls. And yeah. You just rip out the wit- rip windows, rip out the eye pieces and just snoop on people. Yep. The one that I really think of first is Message in a Haunted Mansion. I was just thinking that one too. Yeah. And um, the, uh, Ghost of Thornton Hall. Yeah. Yeah, and you can kind of do something similar in Secret of the Old Clock. It's not looking through the eyes of a painting, but you remember where the painting moves on the wall? Yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah. It's probably how she gets information on the people that walk in. You know what I mean? So that's that's a trick right there. So eventually she gets invited into the next room and Madame Zerga comes in and it's all dramatic and she made Nancy hold this frog, which seems to, like, come alive, even though it's, like, a stuffed frog. It was very strange. <clears throat> and she knew who Nancy was and said that Nancy's father's law practice had a curse placed on it. And she immediately asked for their safe combination. How would she know this? I mean... Nancy's well-known in River Heights. I'm sure there's been articles written about her in the newspaper. But how would Madame Zerga know about the safe? I don't know. Maybe she just assumed, oh, he's an attorney. Oh, he probably has money. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Very strange. (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, while all this is happening, she has, like, incense burning, which is probably giving off some kind of fumes or something like that that's, like, making people dizzy or confused or something like that, which could make them give up more information than what they're, like, willing or wanting to give up. Nancy took off. Thank goodness. She left the frog behind, and even though... 
Madame Zerga told her to stay and that she'd be cursed if she let go of the frog. Nancy was like, forget this, I'm out. She runs off and goes outside and immediately feels better when she's outside. And she then ran into an old school friend named Nicole, which she called Nikki for short. And we find out that Nikki uh, apparently was an orphan and lived with her cousin Yvette Lamar, who apparently enjoyed fortune tellers. And she has gone several times to see Madame Zerga. And every time that she comes back, she looks worse and nervous. Go ahead. Question. Yeah. Why does Nikki and even Nancy keep calling Yvette cousin Yvette? I don't know. It's weird. Like, I can understand the first time, you know, they're just meeting and everything. But to keep going throughout the book saying, oh, like, what's going on, cousin Yvette? Like, how are you feeling, cousin Yvette? Like, you don't need to say that every time. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Nikki says that Yvette thinks she's being haunted and she apparently has a really strong phobia of frogs. Yeah. Okay. I mean. I have a fear of spiders, so I get it, you know. Um, (laughs) Nancy told her, Nikki, how Madame Zerga uses this frog to scare people. And Nikki then invites Nancy to stay for the weekend so that she can try to figure out what's going on with Yvette. And Nancy agrees. (laughs) So Nikki goes back to Nancy's house with her so that she can pack and let Hannah know where she's going to be and what's going on. So they eventually get back to Nikki's house and they have a nice dinner and they sit and talk for a while and then it's time for bed. And just as they're drifting off to sleep, they hear screaming and it's Yvette and they go into her room to see what's going on. And there's a glowing frog in her window. Strange. And as soon as Nancy walks forward to go see what it is, it disappears. Okay. (laughs) And it's at this point that Yvette talks about how she's been seeing Madame Zerga and she asks her questions specifically about Yvette's uncle Louis or Louis. Um, He had a really good life and a, a good solid business. And before he passed away, there was one thing that he said to Yvette and that was seven stones tell the truth, but it is better that my secret remain bottled up forever. There's some kind of message there. Yeah. Yvette told that to Madame Zerga and then gave her a bottle of stones that had seven stones in it. And Madame Zerga keeps telling Yvette that if she wants to save herself from the curse of the frog, that she has to find out what that secret her uncle had was and has to tell her. (laughs) So weird. Nancy's hearing this story kind of soaking it all in you know and i assume at this point that they're kind of like in the living room area of the house and nancy looks over and realizes that there are seven stones in the handmade fireplace that her uncle yvette's uncle had carved a ship on next morning a man named Mr. Karnak comes by and wants to do an article on the fireplace because he writes for an interior decoration magazine. That's the lamest excuse to come into a house that I have literally ever heard in my life. And how would he know exactly to go look at the fireplace? Exactly. Like, you've clearly (laughs) cased this place. 
Yeah. And it seems like he either found out from somebody, obviously from Madame Zerga, or he did some breaking and entering, or uh-huh. both. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Yeah. I don't I didn't trust him the second I saw him or read I about know. him. Like super sus. Uh-huh. He asks if he can take pictures of the fireplace. He even tried to see if any of the stones were loose. And Nancy stopped him. She's like, why don't you ask? Literally. Go messing with someone's fireplace. I mean, what if it had caused the whole thing to collapse? Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Like, you don't go touching someone's property unless you specifically ask them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He just went for it, though. Yeah, like, do you not have any... Were you not thinking? No. I'm sorry, but that's just... You don't do that. No. (laughs) No. At this point, Nancy asked him what magazine he works for, and he got real defensive and left. Again, super sus. Why would you get so upset like that when it's just a simple question? If you have a legitimate reason, legitimate in air quotes, reason to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little bit later on, Nancy ran an errand and came back to uh, Nikki's house, and Yvette told stories of her uncle and then showed Nancy his room because it apparently hadn't changed since he had passed away. When Nancy was looking around the room, she saw a ship in a bottle, and it was called the Frog. Interesting. Do you know how to say it the French way? I do not. I'm going to try. If if I say it wrong, I do apologize. (laughs) I thought it was like La Grenouille. Okay. That's how, because it's obviously supposed to be French. Okay. That's that's just how I thought about it, how to say it. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't know any French, so. (laughs) I don't, I don't speak French either, but some of this stuff, I'm, I'm just taking a wild guess. pronunciation. I know one word. Pardon? I know one word. (laughs) The most important word. From yeah. cheese. <laughs> the most important word. That's the extent of my knowledge, though. Okay. It's a true story. <laughs> when Nancy mentions about this little ship in the bottle, it seems to jog Yvette's memory. And apparently, this, this story just goes from weird to weirder to weirdest. So... buckle up hang on apparently when Yvette was younger she had gone looking for her uncle and had come across a cave that had a bunch of men that were squatting around a fire wearing frog heads are these like mascot heads or what (laughs) some kind of mask I assume I don't know like I'm sitting there trying to picture it in my head it's so weird but okay and honestly, I don't blame her for being so freaked out. Yeah. Especially if she was, like, really young. Yeah, which I, that's kind of what I assumed. Yeah. Turns out one of the men in the group was her uncle, and he told her that she had to keep it a secret about what she saw. So, at this point, Nancy went back to look at the fireplace and found a particular stone that had a frog etched onto it. And this stone was loose. 
so it could be moved. So she moved it, and a bookcase on the right of the fireplace suddenly swung out from the wall. Secret passageway. They went in and found a chest that was full of jewelry. Wow. What? (laughs) Then the next thing they know, and this to me, I'm picturing this next part in my mind, reminds me of so much of like a scene that would happen in one of the games at the end reveal with a villain. Next thing they know, that Mr. Karnak from before was behind them, and then in walks Madame Zerga. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, there was a frog that was there, and it created a distraction so Nancy could get the cutlass and pike from the wall, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Ned and Bert were there. And I'm like, like I literally started flipping back in the pages in my, because I read it electronically, because I was like, wait a minute, where the hell did Ned and Bert come from? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. So confused. Either way, Ned and Bert are there. Nancy throws the weapons to the boys, and they are able to get whatever weapon out of Karnak's hand that he had. So they're able to capture Karnak and Madame Zerga, and they call the police. Turns out, Nancy bought this toy frog that created the distraction and Ned had stuffed a recorder in it to make the noises of a frog. Um, The recorder came from under Yvette's window and we find out that there was also a projector that was out there too, which was what made the glowing frog image from before. Nancy had called the boys earlier to investigate and they were the ones that found it outside. She thinks that the house was bugged and that's how Karnak and Madame Zerga showed up. So we find out that Yvette's uncle was part of a pirate group that stole valuables and he felt guilty and left the gang and came to America and took all the loot with him with the hope of returning everything one day. But he ended up passing away. So the bottle of stones was a red herring to throw people off the trail. This is so weird. The police get there and that Karnak guy admitted that he was the pirate leader's son. He had tracked down this Lewis character, but found out that he had passed away. So he followed Yvette and hired Madame Zerga to scare her because he, I guess, while following her, realized she was into fortune telling. He then posed as a telephone repairman to plant the bugs in the house. And this is the best part. Madame Zerga's frog in her place was all just a coincidence. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad story because it wasn't. I was invested because I literally had no clue what was going to happen next. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah. And so the dead... <laughs> You know, like earlier in the book, the story, we, you know, Madame Zerga's frog was moving and stuff. Ned thought, apparently, that her frog had a heat sensing switch so that when someone held it, that's when it started making the noise and was moving. Is that a thing? <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that. I have no idea. It's so weird. See, this, yeah. This book, for sure, I feel like has been the weirdest so far. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Anywho. Yeah. That's that's the book. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any ghost stories for us? I do. And this one is a doozy. Um, it actually is a story out of my hometown. And I have a little bit of personal history with it. Okay. So this story, I'm reading it. Someone wrote it up on Facebook, which is really nice because then all the information is right there. But they call the story The Ghost of Harrodsburg Spring Park. Okay. In the late 1800s, a beautiful young girl arrived in Harrodsburg, Kentucky under a false name booked a room in the Harrodsburg Springs Hotel. The girl claimed that her father was a judge from Louisville that would be arriving soon to meet her. The hotel was known far and wide for the healing qualities of the water in the nearby hot spring and became a meeting place for the wealthy and there were often dances held for locals and other festivities. The young girl came down one evening for the party and quickly became the belle of the ball. The line to dance with her was quickly growing as every young man in town wanted to dance with her due to her striking beauty. She danced with man after man and seemed to be having a wonderful time. Her dance partner swept her across the floor and the music became louder as the night went on. She seemed to fancy one young man in particular as he waited in line multiple times to get his turn with the beautiful girl. As they danced, he noticed that the girl began to lose a bit of her former zest, but he didn't think much about it. After all, she hadn't refused a single dance the entire night. As the young man swung her around, the young girl's body went limp in his arms. And for no apparent reason, the young girl died there on the dance floor. The police came to the hotel, but since she had used a fake name, they had no idea where to locate her family. The body was stored for over a week in hopes someone would arrive looking for the girl, but no one ever did. The authorities searched her room looking for a clue to her identity, but the only thing that she had was the dress that she arrived in. She had no other possessions. Her suitcases were empty. With nothing else to do, the hotel owners decided that they would pay for the girl's funeral and buried her there on the hotel grounds. She was buried under a large tree with a marker that said, hallowed and hushed be the place of the dead. Step softly, bow head. Many years later, the dance hall caught fire and burned to the ground. The property, including the grave of the young lady, was sold to the government to use as a mental asylum for disabled veterans. However, a few years later, fire once again ripped through the grounds, and this time there were a few buildings left, and the hotel and the mystery lady's grave was forgotten about. That is, until one foggy night in the early 1900s when a woman went out for an evening stroll near the gravesite and was approached by a young lady with a pale complexion who said, can you help me, please? I was dancing at the Harrodsburg Springs and I've lost my way. The lady responded, don't you know the Harrodsburg Springs burnt down to the ground more than 100 years ago? The young lady then began to weep and disappeared into thin air. The grounds where the hotel once stood has now been converted to a park. If the moonlight is just right, some say they can still see images of a young lady dancing in the distance to music that only she can hear. Wow. The grave is there. It's... 100% there because that park is probably two miles away, not even two miles away from the house where I grew up. It was a park that I went to frequently. <laughs> so I'm very well aware of it. Um, the land where the hotel was 
after it burnt down, they built a hospital there. And it was actually the hospital that my mother was born in. And my oldest sister was born in. And weird things would happen. It's still a functioning hospital. It's still there. It's actually gotten bigger as I've gotten older. They've added more buildings and more services and stuff. And my grandfather, my mother's father, used to work um, as a police officer. And he would work the night shift. And there would be times that they would get calls that they could hear loud music and alarms going off at the hospital. And so being a police officer, he had to go and investigate it. And they could never find anything. They had multiple reports of people hearing things, um, people seeing things. So I don't know. Well. But that is a that is a true story. Um, and to this day, they still don't know who she was. Or how exactly she died. Yeah. That's just so weird. I know. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of sad, too, that they weren't able to find some of her family. I know. To let them know what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But her grave is still there. That tombstone is there. Um, I mean, I literally used to drive past it almost every day when I lived in my hometown. Um, it's a story that comes up every time around this time of year. They always write about it in the local newspaper and stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's my favorite story to tell. I always loved it when my mom would tell it to me as a kid. But my hometown has a lot of kind of creepy stories like that because it was the first settlement in Kentucky and the first settlement um, west of the Allegheny Mountains. So we're actually, I say we're, like we still live there, but we're actually <laughs> celebrating 250 years next year of the town. So okay, they're making like a big to-do. It's going to be like a big, like week-long festival with all kinds of stuff. So that should be fun. I, I plan on going to at least a couple of days of that because I love history and stuff. So, you know, it's always fun to learn some more about where you came from. Yeah, so, cool. yeah that's my story. <laughs> I do have some jokes to okay. end us off. How do you know a skeleton is sick? I don't know. He's coughing. <laughs> what does a vampire never order at a restaurant? Garlic bread. Nope. Well, that's a good, good answer, though. <laughs> okay, then I don't know. A steak sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Where did the ghost go for a holiday? I don't know. Malibu. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Who makes the best Halloween spies? I don't know. Mummies, they keep everything under wraps. <laughs> uh, I like that one. That's all the jokes I've got for this one. <laughs> a couple weeks ago when I went to Disney, we went to um, the Halloween party that they have. 
And one of the performances, one of the things that they have is this acapella group. They sing without music. They're called the Dapper Dance because they're dressed, you know, very nice, like 1950s fashion. During the Halloween party, they become the Cadaver Dance and they're like dressed like zombies. And so part of what they were doing for their show that they did was they were telling jokes. And I have one. And it made (laughs) me laugh so hard. I thought it was so good. Okay. Why do ghosts never lie? People could see through it? Yes. <laughs> you can see right through them. <laughs> that one made me laugh out loud when I heard it. <laughs> I like that one. I, uh, on Instagram, I've seen these videos where, I don't know if you've seen her page, uh, Britty Kitty, I think her username is. I don't think so. So her older daughter, Lily, is, like, obsessed with, like, the spirit Halloween and all, like, spooky kinds of stuff. And I guess they were shopping, like, one day, and they had all these different, like, little cute pillows and mugs and all this stuff. And her her older daughter's name is Lily. And it's one of them was, like, witch, please. And another one is, like, just here for the booze. Yeah. You know, boo stuff. Yeah. And... And it was like, what is it? There's a few other ones, but it was like really funny and cute. And another video she posted, Lily was like, can we get this like really creepy green doll for her baby sister, Violet? And it was like really creepy. And she's like, can you please get this for baby Violet? And I guess they got the doll and the baby like really liked it. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. uh, I was going to ask you, do you all up there in Canada have, have you ever heard of Spirit Halloween? Yeah, we have stores that just pop up like around Halloween time. Okay, I didn't know if that was just a thing here or not. (laughs) Yeah, we have some stores that just do kind of like a pop-up shop kind of thing, so yeah. Love Spirit Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. I ended up uh, buying a rubber chicken from there once. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, fun. Even though, like, I don't always go and buy something from there. I just like to go around to see kind of what's new, if there's anything, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've gotten, like, pumpkin earrings from there before and ghost earrings and, you know, random little things like that and, like you know, house decor and stuff. So yeah. I like going, even if I don't buy anything, I just like looking at the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All this fun Halloween stuff. I know. Love it. <laughs> Tis the season. Your favorite season. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I was looking at the weather, at least here, it's going to be so cold on Halloween night like it's gonna be like in the 20s for a low Fahrenheit I mean it's gonna be cold but I mean that's never stopped kids in the past they're gonna be out you know getting their candy and I can't say I blame them I was the exact same way when I was a kid there were plenty of Halloweens where I had to bundle up wear a winter coat and it didn't bother me at all did I ever tell you, I think it was my last year that I went for trick-or-treating. Take a guess about who I dressed up as. 
Is it something that I would know? Uh-huh. Did you dress up as Nancy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just knew who I was. And then people were like, who are you? What are you supposed to be? I'm like, I'm Nancy Drew. I had my notebook. I had a pen. I have a bag. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I know. If you had pictures I, of that, I'd love to see it. I don't know if I actually have a picture. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. But I can send you a picture of my notebook that I have. Yeah. So I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Okay. Are you dressing up for work? I'm thinking about it, but, you know, I don't know what to dress up as. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Are you going to dress up? Absolutely, I am. A (laughs) hundred percent, I am. (laughs) Yeah, we're having an office Halloween party, and so there's going to be, like, Food, snacky stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, It's a little bit easier to get away with stuff because I work in an office, you know. Um, So I have a funny costume that I'm going to wear that could be kind of controversial depending on your viewpoint. But to me, I think it's funny. Um, So I'm going to wear a a Hawaiian shirt and I'm going to wear a lei and I'm going to have my bottle of Zoloft and I'm going to be a tropical depression. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I, I just hope you don't dress up as Frank or Joe or Bess or George. Oh no, no, never. Terrifying. <laughs> those characters, those guys, what is it with beaches and them that they do? They um, don't look that great. No, I told you, those four in Creature of Kapu Cave and Ransom of the Seven Ships are my sleep paralysis demon, and it that just is what it is. They did them so dirty. Mm-hmm. And for what? Games that weren't even that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. (laughs) What is happening next week, Candace? Next week, we are going to wrap up the ghost stories and discuss the greenhouse ghost. Yeah. That's going to be something. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, so looking forward to it. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, the River Heights Buzz Podcast Central Buzz. And you can follow us on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to keep an eye out for our next episode. <laughs>